while there's not much news on the Ducks front right now, that doesn't mean we can't look at the minors and some Ducks prospects and possible draft picks, right? Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's everyone doing today? Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or TLOPN. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade Thanking you once again for making this your first listen of the day. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms. All right, let's get things started by talking about the American Hockey League, a league that I've been covering at large for a while, a league that I've been working. I mean, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. And we could be minus one California team, but adding one California team pretty soon. Well, we'll be minus one California team in a matter of days, possibly tomorrow. Yeah, that could happen. So we're going to catch up with the American Hockey League games first. Then we'll take a look at the junior leagues. And then we will finish talking about possible draft picks. Yeah, that's always fun, right? Yeah, let's get started. So AHL. Two games happened last night, and both of these games had their own set of fireworks in them. Let's start out in the East because that was the first game of the night. The Springfield Thunderbirds taking on the Laval Rockets. Springfield, they are the affiliate of the St. Louis Blues. Not the St. Louis Blues, the St. Louis Blues. A very solid team throughout the season, and a team that people have kind of been sleeping on all year long. Springfield wasn't the team that everyone was looking at in the East. In the East, everybody was looking at Utica and the hot start that they had. A lot of people were looking at Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Uh, people were even looking, I mean, at Hershey. Hershey was going there for a while. So, yeah, yeah, people were not really focused too much on the Springfield Thunderbirds and the Laval Rocket. But here we are. And I don't know why people weren't kind of looking at Springfield. They had a solid season, although they did fall to second place to another team that a lot of people were looking at, the Charlotte Checkers. I mean, I had colleagues thinking that Charlotte was going to advance. I had colleagues thinking Syracuse was going to advance. But here we are, the Springfield Thunderbirds. They are two wins away from the Calder Cup. I almost said Stanley Cup. The Calder Cup final. They defeated Laval in Laval last night, 6-3 in front of a raucous crowd in Laval, Quebec, Canada. First, I just want to mention, they packed that building. They packed Place Belle last night. Over 10,000 fans there. 10,043. The capacity in there is under 10,000. And what apparently happened last night was they had a lot of standing room only tickets available. They had people waiting in line for those standing room only tickets. And they packed it, 10,043, their biggest crowd to date. Unfortunately for Laval fans, it came in a pretty brutal loss. I mean, Laval did get on the board right away, but then Springfield just, they just pounced him in the second period. And especially the start of the third period, you had a shorthanded goal in there. You had a couple of Will Bitten goals. Actually, you had a Will Bitten hat trick. 
because he scored that third goal shorthanded. That was a bad power play by Laval. And then he topped it off with an empty netter. So Will Bitten had four goals last night for the Springfield T-Birds. I just wanted to mention this game because not often do you get a four-goal performance in the playoffs, but there you go. He stepped up and stepped up big time in a game that Springfield needed to win to gain back the home ice advantage, and they did that. Final score was 6-3. They gained back the home ice advantage, take a 2-1 to series lead. But the series I'm most focused on is here in the West, and that is the Stockton Heat and the Chicago Wolves, and not just because my colleague Sarah Avampato covers the Chicago Wolves, but because there's a team that's kind of near and dear to my heart, and that is the Stockton Heat. They got shut out in last night's game by a final score of three to nothing. The one play that kind of got me a little, got me going a little bit took place in the middle of the second period, where Marty Pospisil, a known pest in the Western Conference and a known pest, especially in this Pacific Division, goals fans know he was a pest. He ran. Over Alex Lyon last night. I mean, he just decked him hard. (laughs) Yeah, it it wasn't close, guys. It was not close. That was an obvious penalty. He even may have extended his arm a little bit. And Stockton fans had the gall to say that Alex Lyon was embellishing and acting. No, that was not acting. That was not embellishing. Corey Perry taking a light stick to to Igor Shesterkin. And Shesterkin flopping all over the place. That was embellishment. This wasn't. No, Alex Lyon got shrucked on that one. And that was an easy call. And after the play, Alex Lyon tried to go back to the bench knowing that it was going to be a delayed penalty. He laid on the ice for a few for a few seconds, then realized, hey, Chicago has the puck. It's a delayed penalty. I'm going to try to mosey over to the bench. He didn't make it to the bench. It was kind of slow skating over there. And on his way back, he had a few words for some of the Stockton Heat players. Stockton thinking that he embellished and they were giving him words. Alex Lyon tried his hardest to not say anything, but he raised his stick in the air. He wanted to fight him. I know he wanted to fight him, but he didn't. Oh, well. (laughs) I mean, it would have been cool to see a little goalie fight action there, but that, that didn't happen. No, no, sir. So... Resulting power play didn't result in a whole lot. However, later on in that game, Chicago scored right away. Then they scored again and again. Now, goals fans are very familiar with Marty Popisil. In fact, let's go back to the last regular season home game of the season. Yeah, that Tuesday night, a game that I was going to cover, but personal stuff was going on and I, I just didn't feel like going. I did watch the game on replay later that night, and I did see Marty Popisil trying to pop Jacob Larson. Marty started that fight. Jacob Larson was there to defend his team, and I liked Jacob Larson defending him and getting in that fight. I liked it. Popisil, yeah, I'm glad he got beat on that one. I'm glad. But nonetheless... He was part of the action in last night's game. And you know what happened? Yep. Chicago came back and scored two more goals after that. Panique scored. Then Ivan Ladina scored. Then Steven Nosen. 
he scored an empty netter. So Stefan Nosen is at it again. Assist from Jack Drury, who has been a monster in this playoff. Chicago wins the game 3-0, and they lead in the series 3-0. Which brings me to one thing that I wanted to talk about. And this is gonna this segment's gonna go long. Just bear with me here. The Stockton Heat are one win away. Not only, sorry, not the Stockton Heat. The Chicago Wolves are one win away from going to the Calder Cup final. The Stockton Heat are one loss away, not only from being swept. They are one loss away from their season ending. And most importantly, they're one loss away from saying goodbye to Stockton. As was reported last month, the Stockton Heat are in the midst of a big move. In fact, they will be moving very soon. (laughs) So soon, in fact, that they're going to Calgary. I mean, this was already reported a while ago, and this was thanks to Tony Androkidis from Inside AHL Hockey, where he was the first one to break the news that the Stockton Heat would be relocating to Calgary. And, you know, I, I feel bad. I, in a way, feel bad for Stockton because I think back to their heydays in the ECHL when they were getting a lot more fans there. The Going back to the days of the Stockton Thunder. And I remember going up there. I went up there for a couple of games, as a, actually a few games as a fan, mostly during the ECHL days. I would go up there, see certain teams play. I'd see the Bakersfield Condors play up there. I'd see the Ontario Reign play up there. I would just drive up there, not by myself, obviously, because that's a long drive. But I drive up there, have some fun, and check out a couple of Stockton Thunder games. And yeah, did I stay in Stockton? Hell no. I mean, I made the drive out to the Bay Area, stayed out there, then drove back to Stockton. It, it was a fun time. The fans out there were really cool. The staff out there, they were they were bar none some of the best fans, at least back then, that I experienced. But I, I just got to give a shout out to all the workers out there. The ushers, they were super friendly. The off-ice crew there, they are some of the friendliest bunch in the entire ECHL. And when a lot of them moved up to the AHL, and I actually worked a couple of games up there. I, I, I worked more than one game up there. But getting to work those games, it was fun. And, you know, it was it was me being asked to go up there to work games and cover them. And I said, yeah, sure, why not? I mean, it's a long drive, but... I know everyone up there. I know they're cordial. I know they're friendly. So I got to do that. I still have my credentials from back then. So getting to work those games were a treat. Getting to meet that off-ice crew was some of some of the best guys out there. And there was one older gentleman who actually gave me a DVD that I need, I need to fish that out. That's going to be my quest for this month is to fish out my old room and look for that DVD. I was given a DVD of Bay area hockey. And it's about an hour and a half long. And there were some great clips in there. There was some looks at uh, games at the cow palace, the old seals, the old minor league teams out there. And that, that was a neat gift and I'll never forget it. And gosh, I really got to find that guys. And I, I like to actually show some clips from that at some point on my Twitter, because I thought it was really cool to see that and it it just brings back so many memories 
I was hoping to go up there in 2020, but then the pandemic happened. Uh, the plan was to go up there in March 2020, but everything shut down, so it, that never happened. Last season, they were obviously in Canada. And this season, while they were in Stockton, I found myself busier than ever this year and had a lot of personal stuff going on this year. Otherwise, I would have gone up there. And theoretically, I still could go up there for tomorrow night's game, but that's a long drive. Gas is crazy expensive right now, so I, I just don't see it right now. But I will remember all the memories I had up there. And we know the reason why Stockton is leaving attendance. There are some saying, well, they just want their farm team closer. No, the real reason is attendance. Stockton has been struggling with attendance for the last three seasons. I've mentioned this several times on this podcast. Even last night's game only had 1,769. Compare that to the 10,000 at Laval. And you see why AHL hockey is just simply not working or any hockey is just not working up in Stockton anymore. And that's a shame. It's a shame to those loyal fans that came over there night in and night out. And it's a real shame to the workers. Some of the nicest guys up there. And they'll be working possibly their final game tomorrow. But I'm kind of hoping for a gentleman's sweep. And this ends in five. That way they could get two more games up there. That's what I'm hoping for. So we'll see what happens on the rest of the series. But you know what? Just a salute to the guys up there. You guys were awesome. And I hope some of you land on your feet, possibly working in San Jose. Maybe a couple of you can get on that crew. But for the most part, that's going to be it. There's no team to replace them as far as hockey goes. I mean, there's... No reports at all of ECHL or any other team taking their place. So this could spell the end for hockey in Stockton. But at least they made it all the way to the Western Conference Final. Down 3 nothing in this series. Look, they're not going to come back from an 0-3 deficit. This has only happened twice in AHL history. The last time, by the way, little nugget for you. The last time a team came back from an 0-3 series deficit was back in 1989 when the Adirondack Red Wings came back from an 0-3 deficit to defeat the Hershey Bears. And you know who scored the overtime game winner in Game 7 of that series? Adam Graves. Yes, that Adam Graves. The same Adam Graves who went on to win a couple of Stanley Cups. The same Adam Graves who was an integral part of that New York Rangers Cup run in 94. The same Adam Graves who has his number nine retired at Madison Square Garden. Yep. So that was the last time a team came back from an 0-3 deficit. All the way back in 1989. There's your little nugget for the day. All right, we are way over time. So we're going to head right into the first intermission. But first, let's talk about Athletic Greens, which is a terrific product that I use every day. Um, I use AG1 because I wanted more energy and optimized immune system. I hate taking vitamins, and I wanted a supplement that actually works and tastes good. It's recommended by professional athletes everywhere. It is trusted by leading health experts. And folks, it is great for you. It costs less than 3 bucks a day. So if you want to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, then head over to athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. 
Once again, visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Coming up after the break, we're going to look at Junior's playoffs. Stay locked in. Welcome back to episode number 547 of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. You're locked in with J.D. Hernandez. That first segment went very, very long, so we're going to keep the last two segments rather short. Actually, second one won't be a short. Final segment will be practically extremely short. (laughs) All right, so let's talk about Junior's playoffs. We're going to begin specifically with the Western Hockey League playoffs, the WHL. There's no Ducks prospects in this series per se, but there's a possible draft pick that could land number 10 for the Ducks if they keep their pick and someone that I've been very high on for the past few weeks. So let's talk about the series between the Edmonton Oil Kings and the Seattle Thunderbirds. This one has been a tough series and a tough one for Seattle because they now find themselves down three to one in a best of seven series and a heartbreaker of a game last night. Let's talk about last night's game. Shall we last night? In Seattle, the Edmonton Oil Kings came out firing on the second period, scoring two goals. Actually, they were the ones that really came out firing in the second. You had a pair of Josh Williams goals. And then towards the middle of the second period, Kevin Korchinski added again. Someone who I've been high on, I think, could be the number 10 pick. Korchinski with a perfect pass to Jared Davidson. That tied things up at two goals apiece. And the foresight to have Kevin Korchinski just find the open man. This is something that he's been very good at, especially during these playoffs. Quarterbacking the power play. Finding the open man. Getting those perfect tape-to-tape passes. And they've they've been just perfect passes. This is probably the best part about Kevin Korchinski's game. Well, one of the best parts. I mean, his skating's very good. His vision is very good. That happens when you have a defenseman that's on the taller side, a defenseman that just has vision for days and someone with a very high hockey IQ and is very adept at quarterbacking an effective power play. That was his 13th assist of the playoffs. He's got 19 points in these playoffs, fourth in the team. That leads all defensemen, 19 points. By the way, 12 of those assists have come on the power play. So that tied things up at two, but man, what a heartbreaker. Logan Dewaniuk on a centering pass from Josh Williams scored the game-winning goal with 3.5 seconds left in regulation. Oh man, what a heartbreaker. First off, credit to Sebastian Kasha or Kosa for keeping Edmonton in the game and keeping that tied at two because Seattle threw everything and the kitchen sink in that third period. And it was just that last second goal. It went high glove side, just past Thomas Millich. Ooh, boy, that's a tough loss. That is a super tough loss to take at the XSO Shower Center in Kent, Washington. Final score on that game was 3-2, to two, and as I mentioned, the Oil Kings have a 3-2 to two series lead 
Game five of that series takes place on Saturday. Edmonton now has three shots to win the championship. And then that'll be it. So tough way to lose that game. Now on to the OHL. And this is the one that I want to talk about a little bit more because this is where Mason McTavish is currently playing. The Windsor Spitfires and the Hamilton Bulldogs battling it out in a three-game series. Last game that took place on Monday, Windsor beat Hamilton 6-3. So now the next two games. Game four at Windsor takes place on Friday. Game five takes place on Sunday, June 12th. Those are the next two games. And I've talked about this. Mason McTavish scoring in all but one game so far in this playoff. In the finals, he scored five points, including two goals. And a couple of those goals I've tried to put out on the LO underscore Ducks Twitter. He's just done a terrific job these playoffs. Once again, five points in this series so far. And he's got a point streak of, I want to say 11, no, 12 games right now. He's got a terrific point streak going on, and it'll continue. It'll continue on into the rest of these playoffs. He, he's been a monster. He has been a complete monster this playoff so far. In 15 games, he scored 24 points. And I take it back. It's a 13-game point streak in the playoffs for Mason McTavish. The Ducks prospect is looking to complete a terrific season with the championship. In this season so far, he has played 29 points, 29 games, scoring 47 points in juniors. That's an average of about a point and a half per game. Dude is on fire right now. And this is what we were hoping for with Mason McTavish. We were hoping that he would get some experience with the NHL. He would do well. He wet his feet in the AHL. And we were hoping that he would come down to juniors and dominate. And you know what? He's done just that. Now, granted, they are down 2-1 to in this series. But up until this point, they had gone full, full, full. They were a perfect 12-0. As of right now, they are 13-2 in the playoffs. That is still very good. And he has still been dominant in these playoffs. So let's see what happens this weekend. Once again, Game 4 taking place Sunday night. Game 5. Yeah. I mean, whew, boy. Sorry. Game 4. Yeah, Game 5 is Friday. I'm confusing myself. Let me try that again. <laughs> Next game is Friday. Following game is Sunday. Game after that is on Monday, if necessary. And I think it will be necessary. I think Hamilton is going to come back on this series. This could go 7. The way that Windsor's, the Windsor Spitfires have been playing, this could easily go 7 games. That first game could have gone either way. It was kind of a lucky overtime win for Windsor, but we'll see what happens tomorrow and Sunday. All right, we're going to take a quick intermission, but first let's talk about Built Bar, everyone's favorite protein bar, which is back and better than ever. You have Built Bars, Built Puffs, Built Go, Built Boost, all these amazing products that not only taste good, but they are good for you. So if you want to try it for yourself, head over to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. We'll be back after these brief words of importance. Stay locked in. 
Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, you're locked in with J.D. Hernandez, and we are really short on time. I ran those last two segments a little bit long. So just going to briefly talk, not about the draft. I was going to talk about some possible draft prospects, and I already talked about one of them. I talked about Kevin Korchinski a little bit. So I kind of did that already. But instead, we're going to focus our attention to a particular trade bait type person, someone who could come to the Ducks because they have the cap space and they are a team that's rebuilding. And this is thanks to Brian Bader at Brian M. Bader. So he put out a tweet early this morning that piqued my curiosity. Alex Dabrinkit, currently of the Chicago Blackhawks. He's produced more than 1,730 of the forwards drafted in the past decade. And I'm going to quote him right here. He's exactly the type of acquisition a team trying to become a playoff team cup contender lacking star power should be in on. And he lists some teams, the Flames, Wild, Kings, Ducks, Sens, Rangers, and Devils come to mind. I think the teams that would be most likely trying to get him, maybe maybe not Calgary because they're going to have to re-sign some guys unless they are okay getting rid of Johnny Gaudreau. And I don't want to get rid if they lose him, then they have the cap space. Alex Dabrinkit does have one year left on his contract currently. He's due to make about $6 million, AAV. He's due to make a big jump as far as salary. He could be the kind of guy that could get an 8 by 85 or a 7 by 9 or something. He could get a contract in the $60 million range. That's what I'm saying. Even more. Is he worth that? Yes, I would say so. He is someone that's on the brink of becoming a star in this league if he isn't already. I would say the reason he's not quite a star in this league yet because he does get overshadowed by a couple of guys named Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tace. He's overshadowed in that Chicago lineup. Kind of in the same vein that, I don't know, someone else that was a former Chicago Blackhawk is now thriving in a playoff team right now. Yeah, I'm talking about Panarin. Yeah, Panarin is another guy that was kind of overlooked a lot in Chicago. Then went off to Columbus, and he got overlooked there too. And now look at him. Panarin is a star in this league. He's still in the playoffs as we speak. He is helping lead the New York Rangers. And he just got overlooked in Chicago. Much in the same vein that Alex Dabrinkit is kind of getting overlooked in Chicago. Hmm. Sound familiar? And now look what New York is paying him. Is he worth it? Yeah. Honestly, I I would say he's worth it. He's worth every penny. So then I think about, would the Ducks be willing to pay Dabrinkit that much money and... I, I would hope they are okay paying him that much money. I would hope that the Ducks would sign him to a long-term deal and paying him eight, nine million. I'd be fine with that. Artemi Panarin right now, just just to compare, Panarin is making eleven point six million per season. Yeah, that's kind of a lot. The AAV is very high there. But look at the Rangers. They are two wins away from the Stanley Cup as we speak. 
Could be one at the end of the night. Who knows? He's worth it. Would Zabrinkit be worth over eight? Yes. Would he be worth over nine? Honestly, yes. Yes, he would be over that. He could thrive in the Ducks system. Now, another team that really could go after him could be some other team that we just mentioned right there, like the Devils. The Devils would definitely be in on him because they have the cap space and they do have some assets. They also have that number two pick that according to some that they'd be willing to, not not a done deal, but they'd be willing to shop around that number two pick. Alex Dabrinkit in 368 games has scored 307 points. He's averaging about a point a game. I think he could be better. If he does become the star of a Ducks team and a star right winger, plug him in that first line right away. In fact, how about this? Just just to really think about it, can you imagine a top line? Just imagine it. A top line with Sonny Milano, Trevor Zegers, Alex Dabrinkit. Just imagine it. Milano's 25. Trevor's 21. Dabrinkit is entering his age 25 season. Oh boy. That could be some kind of line. Can you just imagine? All right. I'm just going to leave you with that thought. And we're going to wrap up for today. We are way over time. So I'm going to wrap up quickly by saying thank you all for listening. You could hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, among others. My personal Twitter is at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Thank you for making this your first listen. Don't forget to make Locked On NHL your second listen of the day. Once again, thank you all so much for your continued support. It is greatly appreciated. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together.